All right, welcome once again. We're continuing our series on a piece. I apologize at this point if you saw the my first video on this, you can go back and watch. That was, I know, a little over an hour. I didn't intend to on that one. But uh, the, the content in that first video is important in, uh, in the sense of dealing with people talking about work salvation and some of the false doctrines that rob you of your peace uh, with God. So anyway, um, this is going to be my goal is to be about 20 minutes or less on this video. And I want to give some thoughts. Actually, I got some combined notes in front of me on uh, the last, uh, I don't know, I'll say a couple of weeks of, of, I've been preaching on Sunday. Sunday. Uh, if you go look up your favorite podcast, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast at, and uh, find us at Northern Baptist Church in uh, St. Paul, I've been preaching on peace. And, uh, but I'm also working a podcast specifically for this on, uh, on peace. And I'll, I'll put links up, but mostly, um, you know, I wanted to give the option for people that want to sit watch video. I know, I know how popular YouTube is. And, uh, I, I use YouTube a lot when I even in the, put it in the background and just use it as audio many times. And, uh, so I, I wanted to give that option, but also if, uh, I, this is such an important thing in this world today, this issue of peace. And what does the Bible say? Um, the, the problem is there's many good things that we preach on. For example, uh, we should live right. Maybe there's different things that we call, uh, you know, sometimes we refer to as our standards. And, uh, and uh, but, you know, there's things we should be separate from the world. Uh, there's worldly entertainment that we shouldn't be part of. There's, we should dress different than the world. And a man should dress like a man. A lady should dress like a lady. Uh, uh, our speech and how we act with other, other people. And there are so many things that we can put in that category of what we call standards that has to do with how we act as we represent Christ. Um, and, 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 and I'm not, and those are good and important, but one of the problems is sometimes we focus on all the things that we either should do or shouldn't do. Um, for example, we want to preach against, we want to preach on sin and we'll preach, uh, maybe against certain lifestyles and, and, and I'm not talking any, anything against the Bible is wrong. I, I'm not getting into it here. You can use, I know there's popular topics or, 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 um, I, it doesn't matter if it's a, it's a man, you know, males or females or man and woman, people not married. There's, you know, inappropriate relationships, all kinds of things we're talking about. We could uh, preach on, on uh, people being, being drunks or people uh, abusing family. There's so many things we, we could go there. My point is this. One thing I've seen is sometimes we get into a, a, a mind and church where we should deal with those things. In other words, if it's Bible, it should be preached. However, there's also the duty of a pastor, especially, you know, there's people out in other places and other venues and other certain, but, but as, a, as a pastor or say a leader, if you will, depending on if you're Sunday school, wherever you're at, um, that we need to pray and let the Holy Spirit guide us to be able to help the people that we have. And in other words, if, if, if uh, sometimes we, we have small church here, and there's some, some services where it's just my family. Uh, if it's just my family, 
Um, I want to be able to help myself. Of course, we record. I know other people are listening, but I'm just giving an example here. Um, if, if I preach a whole sermon against alcohol, uh, my family already knows we don't have any alcohol in our house. How did I profit my family? How did I help anybody that was listening to me? Now, I'm not going to go on and preach on my family. I don't use Sunday to figure out, you know, what my family is doing wrong and preach against that. And, and, and that's my point. Uh, and one, one of the things, what my point is here by introduction with this thing on peace is sometimes people get, and I'm not saying it's the preacher's fault. I, this is no criticism on any preacher. And, and don't get into the comments and start talking about what you think legalism is or standards or so, all that. That's not the point of my video here at all. The, the point of this and what I am getting at is even though every bit of those things may be right and correct and biblical, and we need to apply those things in our life, the problem is twofold. Sometimes people do err in preaching and, and focusing on the wrong things. That could happen. But many times it's a listener. And, and, and usually it's the listen. In other words, you know, if you only come to a church, you know, once every two or three months and, and, and something similar in that message, well, that pastor is preaching. He might be teaching Sunday school and preaching Sunday morning and preaching Sunday night and doing a Bible study on a Wednesday, maybe, or, or all these other times. And he's preached dozens of sermons and the amount of time that you've been gone and then you show up and he preached a similar sermon. And you think he's harping on a particular subject. Um, that's not the preacher fault. Maybe that's the Holy Spirit trying to tell you something. Um, but what I'm saying is, is, is the, here's where the danger is. Here's why I mentioned all that. Uh, and, and I know that's a long way. I'm not excused. I'm not saying we need to avoid preaching those things. That is not it at all. The problem is where those things come into play is I hear across the country, I've traveled, I've been there, I've heard it in person. I see comments across the internet. I said, the problem is we take all those things that I mentioned, sometimes we call standards and that separation thing and idea. And then they try to apply that to salvation. And uh, the, the Bible is pretty clear in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Um, a recent thing I've been seeing, what I call backdoor work salvation. So I'm going to talk about having some kind of evidence or some way to prove that you're saved. Or uh, you, you don't find that in the Bible. Um, you find that in uh, actually a passage I use came out of First uh, Corinthians chapter 10 uh, when I when I preached recently dealing with this peace. And July 4th I preached on liberty and uh, how that applies to our peace and. Uh, uh, Paul was dealing with some issues in that church in Corinth. And at first Corinth, there were all kinds of issues in that church. I, I mean, there, there was some crazy stuff going on. Not once did Paul accuse them of not being saved. Um, I'll just leave it at that for this, because that's not what I want to get to. I want to get to the Bible here. But, but I want to give by way of introduction, any form of work salvation is robbing people of their peace. Uh, and uh, and it's just it's the most important doctrine of, of all these things that we hold and say we're separate and different from other you know religions or groups or or denomination stuff or whatever and uh, but the the most important doctrine is we don't hold all that but we have to have salvation right 
Your eternity depends on it. Your relationship with Christ depends on it. Um, Jesus said, I give my peace, I give thee. Um, and, and if we come straight from Jesus, we're going to get back to in a little bit, but Philippians 4, 7, such as, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so if it's the peace of God, that's not something that I can find. That's not a piece that I'm trying to figure out. That's not a piece that I can take and say, hey, I, I went out and did some research and I found this way to put peace in my life. It's a piece of God. Um, that's a big piece. That's a big deal. And then it's described as a piece that passeth all understanding. In other words, I not only can't describe it to you, I'm not even capable of understanding it. And that's the kind of peace that I can have in my daily life because it's the peace of God. And then it says, shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. You know, every time someone tries to throw some element of, an, uh, of a works type salvation or proof, or you struggle with a habit, or you're struggling with getting victory in your life, with some kind of sin or, 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 or something's going on or you're struggling, maybe it's even a depression or an anxiety or, or um, stuff like that. But, but then you take and try to apply that and say, hey, well, you must not really be saved. I, I shared someone recently, I've heard it before. It's not a new idea. Um, just, you know, just give it. When you get saved, God changes you and they try to, and they try to take and apply what they say is a spiritual matter. They apply it to the flesh, and someone got saved, and they try to say, well, see, you're so doing that, you're not really saved. I'm sorry, that's not Bible. Uh, my soul is the part that got saved. Uh, my soul is a part of me that's going to heaven. My soul is a part of me that's going to live forever. Uh, my soul is a part that's covered by Jesus' blood, and I'm wrapped in this old flesh. You read almost everything well, all the way through the Bible there, but especially Paul, who we hold as maybe the greatest Christian who ever lived, has, has been said about him. We look at that, and he's talking about, hey, um, I, I, I struggle with this stuff. Hey, it's about our flesh. I got to check my flesh. I got to I, I have to die daily. I'm crucified with Christ. And, and we have to understand that this thing, not once. You look at Corinthians, you are all the way through his writings, but specifically in 1 Corinthians, dealing with all the issues in the church, he not once applied that the people in that church were not saved. He wrote to brethren. He said, and, and, and you notice the tone, one thing not of, he said, oh, it's addressed to a church. But you look at a lot of Paul's writings, that's where people um, mis misuse things like Romans chapter 1, for example, or, or, or places like that. And you look how many times the writer says us, or we, or our. He's putting himself in the same category of people as the people he's writing to. And, and so he, he's taking that and says, so anyway, take that. We have to say, if I'm going to have peace, my peace starts with the assurance of salvation. My peace starts with, I know I'm saved because I have God's word on it. Uh, Titus 1-2 says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. 
So if God can't lie and God say, hey, confess, um, um, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Um, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, Lord Jesus, shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Acts 8.37, I like doing it, especially on the internet. It's a good check to see where someone's at on salvation and or what Bible they're using. We'll get into all that in another time. But Acts 8.37 um, gave the condition of baptism that thou, if thou believest, thou mayest. And, and it said that the eunuch said that, hey, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So, so the condition, so that starts with a piece. Because I'm adopted, Romans chapter 8, because I'm adopted, I know I'm a child of God. I know it can't change. I, I know here's a condition of peace. And uh, we're not going to get into everything I kind of hope to. But, but I, I want to say that there's, there's a thing about peace. Real quick, we're not doing a study on it, and I don't have time right now. Um, if you study what some of the offerings were in the Old Testament, one of the offerings was a peace offering. All I'm going to say about it right now is that that offering was sometimes related to a thanksgiving or a fellowship with God or, or, or something. But one of the things about the peace offering was it was voluntary. That was not a sin offering. That was not one of the straight up commands, if you will, to, you know, to, to, to stay or live right, you know, all, all the stuff dealing with their sins and, and their direct relationship with God. It, it was a, a kind of a thanksgiving, and they, there were some variants of there. We, we're not getting all that, but that was the peace offering. Amos 5 and verse 22, uh, the book of Amos chapter 5, verse 22. Though ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. So there's a place we're talking about peace. Uh, that peace offering goes to, hey, that peace or joy or thanksgiving to God. Everything's right with God. Their relationships, they're right with God. And 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 that's showing, man, I'm at peace. I'm good. I'm thankful for what God's given us. I, I'm and here in Amos now we see God saying, I'll not accept them. Oh, wait, wait a minute, talk about a broken peace, talk about something wrong, um, talking about um, there, there's, there, there's uh, in, in Isaiah um, chapter uh, 48, let's go, I'll go there real quick, Isaiah, um, if you have your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 48 and uh, verse 22 says, there is no peace, saith the Lord unto the wicked. So there's a place that says no peace. Now, the context here is talking to the children of Israel. We have several other, in Isaiah 57, 21, Isaiah 59, 8. Um, there's other passages that, that sometimes God is talking to Israel. And, and hey, there's a place where you can have no peace. And uh, so we want to get out of it. I want God to accept my offering, if you will. Um, I know we're not giving offerings to God like the Israelites did in the Old Testament, but but when, when I give to God, when, when I talk to God, when I'm singing to God, uh, when, when I pray, I, I want God to be able to accept it and, and, and my heart right with God in that regard where, hey, in return, I have peace. And uh, so let's go to Luke chapter one. And uh, Luke chapter one. Remember now, Luke 2 is where Jesus is born, and as we, as we looked at, so this is just before Jesus is born, describing now 
Jesus coming. Why is Jesus coming? If we start reading in verse 73, the oath which he swore unto our father Abraham, and it was all the way back to Abraham, we knew there was a Messiah coming, we knew Jesus was coming, and uh, that he grant us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. So when we serve God, it needs to be of holiness and righteousness. Um, that, that we'll leave the details of that for another time. But and now, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. So they're talking about Christ. Why is Christ coming? Um, of course, we know he came to go up, die on the cross, and, and uh, die for our sins through their te the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness. Um, so light, he, he wants help me, uh, and, and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The couple of times, and for time's sake, I'm not going to all of them, there's a few times in the Bible, some are negative, a negative tone, if you will, some are more of a positive in how we apply it to our life where it refers to the way of peace. And uh, so real quick, um, we go, I only have a couple minutes left in uh, the time I want to keep this. Philippians chapter 4. In uh, Philippians 4 and verse 7, we mentioned a while ago, in the peace of God which passeth, all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So that's the peace of God. That's a big deal. It's not our peace. It's not some made-up peace. It's not a peace you find in religion or in a church building. It's the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Um, when you're, I, I know we can get down. We can get discouraged times, and, and there's examples. And, and, and someday I may do a whole, uh, a whole episode just on that. Uh, but, but, hey, something's not right. If you're living in a state, I'm talking living in a constant state. I'm not talking about getting through a trial. I'm not talking about grief. I'm, I'm not talking about having a bad day once in a while and we're down a little bit. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that are living in a state of constant uh, um, down or anxiety or, or a depression or whatever. Hey, listen, it says here in the peace of God, which pass on essential, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If Jesus isn't keeping your heart and mind, there's something wrong with your relationship with God. Doesn't make all your problems go away. That's not what it says. But, but there's something about your heart and mind being kept with God. Anyway, we'll save those details for that. Now here's the instruction to get there. Um, to, how do you want, I want Jesus to keep my heart and my mind. I want to have that peace of God that I can't describe, that passes all understanding. Finally, brethren, verse 8, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Think on these things. So here's the instruction. Here's the list. I want to have peace. I, I want to have that God keep my heart and mind. What is it you're dwelling on? What, what is your, your thought process? What, what is your, um, when, you, when you go day to day, are you focusing on all the things that are wrong in life? Are you focusing on all the negative things? Are, are you focusing on all the bad stuff in life? 
are, are you are or are you looking at the things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and have good report? Uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world. In other words, all the things going on in this world, we're not supposed to be like that. Uh, my, my, my life is not to conform to this world. Um, and and uh, man, there's a lot of things we could say about that. But we're talking about a, we're talking about a specific thing here. We just read Philippians 4, 8. That talks about your mind, how you thought. What are you thinking about? And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, for, let me say a couple things here, and uh, that have to do with we talked about people creeping and work salvation, man, or you know the backdoor work stuff. You're you're not really saved. Yeah, you need to prove your salvation. You need to yeah all that junk out there that's trying to rob you of your peace. Now listen. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus paid the price. Um, the wages of sin and death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, so Jesus paid the debt. Jesus did the hard part. It wasn't free in the sense of it. The debt had to be paid, but Jesus paid the debt on the cross. Now, listen, my life and what I control in my flesh is me. We say we believe in free will. It's all the way through the Bible. I'm not getting into it. I'll, I'll challenge any any Calvinist that wants to come on and make comments about all that. That's fine. Um, but but Jesus gave. We have to believe it's my choice. I chose to believe God with my heart that it would, my salvation is through Christ and what He did on the cross. Um, I, I had to choose that. That's why we mentioned um, uh, Acts Acts eight thirty seven a while ago. That, uh, that when Philip was talking to the eunuch, that uh, hey, if thou believest, thou mayest. Notice that's on them. If thou believest, um, that's on him. So here we have another part. We're saved. Romans is written to save people. Um, we're, ten, we're applying it to our life. How do I have people? I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I'm on my way to heaven. I know I'm on my way to heaven. Hey, free will doesn't stop after we get saved. These people that try to put these works, I call backdoor works. Where, where, oh, you got evidence of how God changed you. You got saved, and, and, and now God changed you and took your sin away. Hey, that doesn't apply to the flesh. We got more than enough Bible to go, go there. Um, and that didn't apply to the flesh. That, that applied to the soul, the part God looks at me, the part that's going to go to heaven. That's the reason when we go to heaven, we're going to get a new body. Because a sin-filled flesh can't go to heaven. I'm going to heaven. Not this body. And, and so there, there's, there's a difference. Now, now, let me explain. Here's the important part of this idea that I got saved. My Christian life is still about me. Yes, I should let the Holy Spirit guide me. I should obey the word of God and let the Holy Spirit guide me. Uh, um, that, that part of obedience is all the way through the Bible, all the way through the Christian life. We must obey God to have peace. Not here, but here's the importance of free will. Even after I got saved, I got saved because I obeyed God's plan, if you will, his way. He gave one way to salvation. I came to salvation in that way. So back to Romans 12 and verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice it's on me. To be not conformed to this world, that's a command. 
doesn't say God changed you. It's out here to command. Be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed. It's on you by the renewing of your mind. It doesn't say God renewed your mind. You must renew your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's on me. Back to Philippians chapter 4. And verse 8, finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. It said to think on these things. It didn't say you get saved and God's going to put these in your mind. It says you need to Think on these things. So how is your thought process? How are you thinking? Are you thinking on things that are true or things that are negative and false? Are you thinking about things that are on it or all the deceptive things out there in the world? Are you thinking about things that are just or things that are put? I'll tell you a thing that's been going around, especially with this age of the internet. Someone makes an accusation about a preacher and, and, and everyone just wants to hang them. I'll tell you, I'm not condoning any kind of sin or wrong, or I'm not even talking about how bad it may be. I'm talking about maybe you think he said something or Bible got some twitch. I don't care how big or little the problem is. What I'm talking about is they give an accusation with no proof, and people want to hang them. Uh, we, we need to get over that, not just with preachers, but with everybody. Uh, Donna, are you thinking about uh, things that are honest, things that are just? Uh, I quit basing opinions on other people on accusations. And, and uh, so uh, how about pure things that are, uh, or, or worldly? Are you thinking about things worldly? Or are you thinking about things that are pure? Is your mind on the word of God throughout the day? Is, is your mind on, on, uh, on the things that, 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 that God says and, and things that are going to give you that need? How about good reports? Uh, and, and back to that idea of just. Uh, good reports of people, you're listening to gossip. Let me, let me finish with this. We said what to think on. Verse 9, Philippians 4, 9. Uh, so Paul writing to the church cl clarifying this. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. So he says, hey, those things which you, you've learned, because I taught you, those things you've received, so it means you took it, you're, you know better, you know about it, you've received it, and heard and seen in me i've given an example notice that he says do and the god of peace shall be with you and peace in your life it comes by obedience but comes by god's way what are your thoughts how are you thinking there are philippians 4 7 through 9 needs to be marked underlined Put in your Bible, put in your heart, memorize it. Um, the condition for peace. You want to have peace in your life? Hey, here's some things to think about. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There's more to it we'll have in another episode, but but uh, hey, how to have peace? The things you're thinking on. Wait, well, how's your thought? How's your thought? What's your thought process throughout the day? Man, you dread. Well, I've been there. I've had jobs I've hated. I understand. Um, but but did you have a song from God in your heart? You have a hymn stuck in your heart? You have a verse going through your mind? Or you just dwell on all the negative all the time? 
and, and all the circumstances and all the things that you don't like in the world and, and the things that you don't like going on around you in relationships and, or are you thinking on these things of God to have the peace of God so you can have the peace of God which passes all understanding that God said shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And uh, put that in your heart. Get that in your mind and in your heart. And God's peace be with you.